who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. You guys, it's episode 144 of Please Advise, and I brought back one of your favorite guests and one of my favorite people, Ronnie Karam. Hi. Hi. I just saw your Watch What Crappens Live show in LA with Shannon Bedore who I did the best acting job of my life, convincing that I knew who she was. Like, when I walked backstage, I clutched my pearls, and I put my other hand over my mouth, and I was, like, wide-eyed, and I was, like... And then she looked at me, and I turned my head as if, like, I can't come that close to the sun. And she goes, oh, honey. And she throws come her here, arms little around girl. Come me. here. And I was like, I love that I just, like, convinced you that I know who. I'm like, should I act? Like, am I a good actress? Or I'm like, is she just that excited? Like, is she just that mm-hmm. eager for someone to know her? Yeah, I think that's, like, that housewives thing where you're like, no one knows me. Oh, come here. Get in my lap, little one. Let me nurture you to a tolthood. Yeah, exactly. Okay, wait. So I have my thank you so here. much for being there. That was such a crazy night. Please, as and if. I love that you were there and came back and saw all that craziness. Oh my god! As if I like literally would not miss that for the world. My god! I mean, like I took a picture of the marquee. It was so cool. Like you guys, the best was, one. Like, it was like a real show. They had like I gotta go to the next one. I didn't know it was happening, but also was, like if I went, I wouldn't know most of the things you were probably talking about. But <laughs> I would still enjoy it though. It was you would enjoy it one hundred percent. And Ed had never heard you guys' podcast and had never heard like the voices. So he's like, you guys recapped Scary Island, which is one of the, of course the best episodes of all time of Real Housewives in New York. And people have been wanting me to talk do a Scary Island episode for Emotionally Broken Psychos. So I think just because the pod the pods are so different with what we do, I think I would love if you would come on and talk about Scary oh, Island hell yeah. on EBP. Oh my god, talk about 
had yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I think that was a three-year-old, uh, I mean, not three-year-old, three-episode long trip. Yeah, Shun Burned was the next one Girl. when Jen showed up. And then it's, Renewed you know, reviews. it's all these years later. It yeah. was seven years ago. And you really see the psychology breakdowns of all of them. Yes. And then to see them in their infancy, like Bethany's uh, egomaniacal narcissism. Yeah. You know, seeing it that little. Oh, I had a, I had a like, brand what, what, new What, she's view. mad that I gave her a tote bag with a skinny girl? Who would hate that? It's a gift. And she's I, like, this yeah. is all about Bethany. <laughs> I had a brand new understanding of Kelly's anger about that tote bag this just this last viewing. And I'm like, yeah. Because, like, this is the beginning of her, the fucking monster she's about to become. That, like, every single bar these women walk into, like, as if it's, like, the well beverage at bars. All of the bottles at the bar are all replaced with Skinny Girl. Like, they, you know, if they happen to be filming and there's a table somewhere, there's just Skinny Girl sitting on it. Bethany has, like, has turned everything into Skinny Girl branding. And I'm looking, like, I was Kelly. And all of a sudden, now I had a whole bunch of, you know, Kelly Ben Simone's not the kind of person who wants a free tote filled with shit your average american human you give them a tote filled with shit that's the nicest thing you could ever do to them they love a tote they can't believe they got a free bottle of liquor they can't believe they got a book and a hat like they just can't believe it like swag yeah, but it's not touching if it's all Citibank branded you know no. what i mean like thanks <laughs> Citibank. like you're not gonna you're not gonna hug Citibank for that oh my gift God, because wait, you open so an account there this is but, a tangent but i want to talk about it like nbc's diversity init- and inclusion initiative gave out lip balms but the flavor was vanilla (laughs) that's really funny well that's fitting because everybody i know who goes through there is like white or a gay guy like Uh, okay diversity um but like the the other so the other thing is like if i was kelly and i'd seen the world better around the world been a style editor for l magazine like married to this famous photographer to be burdened with a tote bag and like a cheap straw hat. Like that's how I would feel as burdened. And that was the first time I'd really seen it. She's like, oh great. So I get to carry around this logo bag all weekend. Like she's not the type who wants an LL Bean tote with her initials on it. Like she's just not. Like, Especially she- when you're a housewife and you have to worry about the luggage and how much you're taking on the plane and like what you're going to have right. to check. Like bitch, you just gave me something that messed up my whole pyramid yeah exactly you know on the cart or i have a feeling that got left behind in the hotel room but oh yeah but she's fucking crazy anyway kelly ben simone so i had my phone out when you guys came here uh when you guys came here when we started this podcast because i wrote to my mom on thursday omg did you hear gwen is pregnant with blake shelton's baby she's 47 i had no idea she would turn out to be so lame backstory so i gwen stefani my screen name all throughout high school was gwen steph wannabe x like i literally was obsessed with gwen stefani like she was my idol like she was like turned me on a nail art very early now i realize there's a lot there's a there's a lot of appropriation issues like when for example when she brought those four asian girls that didn't speak around with her everywhere she went for four years those were her harajukus how dare you Okay, okay how dare you but like low key, like they were just props, and 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 I love Gwen so much. But like between Snapchat and this whole Blake Shelton thing, I have come to learn that my childhood idol is in fact a real fucking lamo. Like yeah. she is lame. Like to be like blown away by Blake Shelton. Like okay, got it. You're like very lame, and so. My mom it doesn't write back to me. I completely forget. It's been a whirlwind 48 hours. I've been like working. I've also I'm in a 
deep depression right now. I did a little uh I did a little depression quiz when I woke up this morning. I was like, it was like BuzzFeed, like 12 signs you're depressed. And I was like, oh, I have 11 out of 12 of these. Like it was like, I had every single one. And the main one is like fatigue. So I've been sleeping a lot. And so I totally forgot that I had texted my mom this two days ago. And I wake up to the little like, you know, you see the first, the text preview. So all I read is hi honey comma I love you I can't believe this news dot 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 and so I thought that this was about to be like I can't believe like she also makes typos a lot like she also writes texts like their letters so she I I thought this was gonna be I can't believe this news about like blank I thought she was gonna tell me someone died I thought also this was very like when Stevie died that was exactly what I woke up to was like a million text previews being like OMG so sorry about the new and like it would just be like that that and I was like something happened and like as I was going through each one some people didn't mention what had happened some people so I literally when I wake up to a text first of all this is why I have such phone fear now in general like because like I for a long time when I picked up the phone usually someone was dead so like I got very used to keeping the phone next to me when I slept like keeping the phone on I have a weird relationship with it I would like to be the type of person who could turn her phone off like I had uh my former business partner started doing Shabbat every Friday Mm -hmm. so she could just turn her I mean not Maybe. But part of it was that she got to do the technology like shut down and like be off of all media for 24 hours. And that was like a weekly cleanse for her. Um, Must be nice. Like if I had to do a weekly cleanse from technology, I would miss half the work I do is on Saturdays. Well, I wouldn't have a boyfriend. That's for sure. Do you have a boyfriend? No, it's just like the internet. You know, oh, I wouldn't. Oh. I wouldn't be educated. Right. I would have nothing to read. I'd have no friends. I'd have no sex life. I like, just mean I there. wish I could take a break from my. Phone. I do. I keep my ringer off. It's just stressful. It's either Capital One, my mom drunk enough to call bitching at me about <laughs> or apologizing for something. You know, yeah. like anybody who's calling apologies. me on the phone. I hate those. I'm like, do you know what? If we do this sober, it counts. Yeah, it's, and it works for me too because. Well, my mom's sober, but it's just it's it's like she gets drunk off her own emotions or something. And so it's like almost like when she starts to apologize, it's like it's automatically there's no gratification in it because it's like, I know I'm going to have to talk her off a ledge. And it's just like, I'm yeah, so sorry. It's never so apologizing. Sorry. It's like, I need you to hug me for all the shit that I supposedly am feeling guilty about. Like, I don't have time for your guilt. I don't need yeah. an apology for anything. I love you. Click. I just turn that shit off. Like, yeah. Capital One family if anybody is calling me on the phone to actually sit there and talk they don't fucking know me you better text me first yeah exactly i mean well wait i i mean i'll cold call if i'm in the car sometimes like if i'm in the car i'll just be like call someone so if it's like i have to sometimes like you have friends that you still will talk to yeah you know like my bestie in new york i still talk to her a lot but even her i'm like i'm not in the mood for this today because i know it's going to be three hours about some dude and normally i Uh, like those conversations yeah but, girl, if there's empty boxes all over my house that say dominoes on them and, like, unmatched socks hanging off, like, furniture pieces, oh, yeah. it's not time to call you me. Mean you mean what's know? going on in my house right now? We're like, living literally... in the same home yeah. in different sides of the city. So. I just have to do my laundry really badly. I mean, I believe it or not, 
all this laundry is hanging here, but these are like garments that I'm keeping. But I have pared down my wardrobe to about half and it's still overflowing everywhere. I need to do this pile of laundry so I know what I can throw away. I have them come pick up my laundry. Like that's oh, one yeah. luxury thing I do. And I don't even put it away. Do you use like, Washio? Like it comes back in these, what's that? Washio? Is that the They're name? They're so expensive. No, oh, I call Crown Cleaner. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Why you leave gum in your pocket? Like they're always yelling at me. <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> She's you always gum yelling in your at me. I'm an idiot. I've done that since I was a kid. Your singular pocket. I just pocket. like being yelled at. Yeah. It makes me feel cared for. Thanks, Sonny. But so you get your... I get it done and I still don't put it away. Yeah. And then I, I'll grab things, you know, because it comes in a nice stack. Yeah. And I'll grab things out as I need it. And then the rest of it is still all over the floor, all my dirty clothes. Well, Jolie rough. like said to... Because I that's what I said to her. I said when she came into the podcast, she's a clean person for a living. She like streamlines all these things. You know her as well. Yeah, I love her. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, She's probably listening. Um. She said, if you consider putting away your laundry part of the act of doing laundry, it will be easier. And I'm like, no, I, I bet it won't be like because I never will. Like, I will never learn. to. I will never teach my brain that part of doing laundry is putting it away, because if I do, then it'll never get washed because well, I don't I go through those stages where I do that. Yeah. It's like you use a dish, you wash it, then you don't have a pile of dishes. Um, you clean the counter every night and then you don't have a dirty kitchen. I can do that sometimes, but yeah. I feel like we're similar when we're we're just like we're depressed and it's okay. Yeah. And we'll just live in it, you know. I also am like a cook too. So like I made butternut squash soup the other night. And so like I right now have like pans from roasting the squash and then the actual like Dutch oven I made the squash soup in and then like measuring cups and like blah blah and I don't by the way like I don't measure anything when I cook it's all like intuitive so like the old the sole use for measuring cups in my life is just like a scoop like I just use them as scoops that's how I do it too yeah that's how you should cook it's just different when you make like breads or something but oh yeah but baking is its own animal baking's more precise cooking is kind of like you feel it in your heart yeah yeah exactly I my mom is like always would specify that and say like I'm not a baker like I don't like baking's its own animal and it's true my friend I've actually, learned the easy things to bake like tortillas oh, uh, yeah. well that's not really baking but tortillas <laughs> or um popovers I learned that one recently from a housewife show yeah mm. well, some people, are chef, easy. some people are like cooking cooks and some people are bakers it, like it, I feel like it defines yeah like a serious baking is, yeah. yeah that's the scientist oh uh, well this guy we know um one of Ed's very good friends um is going on the great British baking show right now and I guess it's called or the Whoa. great American bake-off or whatever oh, and this guy American, it'll be like dun 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 we have bacon American version it totally and he like also he's <laughs> like um he it, they're going i think they're filming in london so like he's gone and like he it was between him and one other guy at the end and like this guy will like just casually post on his instagram things that i'm like i'm like like who are you like you could go to bottega louis downtown and like their desserts look slightly uglier than this like yeah i don't make anything like that. it's it's so it's like so and it's just this is his hobby and i really want to learn how to make macarons not because i love them i actually hate them as a dessert have but i ever I, talked to you about macarons no um hello hello do you love them i'm obsessive right? oh so i got obsessed with one i think the baking show oh. i think that's what i was watching a couple yeah. of years ago when i first saw it 
So I got a KitchenAid. I went online. Uh-huh. I was looking for two weeks because everyone's saying you have to buy the original metal kind and not the new kind with plastic parts. I mean, I went crazy finding yeah. like the best old KitchenAid. And then I got obsessed with macarons because they're the hardest thing, thing to, to make. make. Yeah. Two weeks I spent and so much money perfecting those fucking cookies. Yeah. And I finally did it. And then I was like, buy KitchenAid. I put it right on Craigslist. It's about almond flour, right? It's all about the almond flour. Is yeah, that what you, you have use? to blanch the almonds. Go fucking blanch your mother's them, face. Dry them. Blanch your mom's face. You have to sift them like three times. What? Egg whites. So you uh-huh. do that, but most of it's the baking because every oven's different, and they have to bake just right, right, or they'll be hollow inside, and you know that they're fucked. So to have them like crispy on the outside and chewy on the end. And My I thing upset. is making something flat topped. Like, know? how do you make something flat topped? Like, that's the thing about the cookie that always blows me away is that they are like crusty and bubbly around the outside, but then on the top, it's completely flat. Mm. And and so for me, I'm like, oh, like if you are squeezing it through an icing bag or something, that would create a little like dollop thing on the end or whatever. Right. And you can't have that. And I heard that there's like a you bang the tray against the table so that like it'll flatten out but like dude i don't i mean like it's more liquidy so it flattens it usually flattens itself out that's the the kind of thing that would lead me to be like a serious like because i would just get a serious drug addict like i think that i would get so depressed and my failure of make like when you try for six hours to make a fucking cookie and you fail. Oh no, it's like it can take forever. That's the fun of it. Yeah, you that's... can't get depressed. Like it has nothing to do with your feelings. But if you like, fail, you have to just fall. Well, yeah, you fail. I mean, that's part of learning anything. You fall on your ass constantly. You know, that's right. what's fun about it. It's like no. it doesn't matter if I'm like, Ooh, it's like who cares? No one cares. You know, no, I love learn how many... to do it and fucking make it. But I then I do out, it and I'm like, okay, I'll go do drugs again or whatever the next <laughs> obsession is. I put know? out so many like <laughs> shitty podcasts or so many like shit like shitty pieces of writing, but for some reason the idea of privately making a macaron and failing was is like literally like it's too much for me to handle. <laughs> yeah, for I'm us like, it's like I'm failing privately. No yeah, one even understands it's like, my if feelings. I show about my this. ass in public, that's fine. <laughs> but I can't I can't that's be doing so that weird. at all. That's so like not weird, but it's just no. odd because like yeah. It's just because that's not my air that's not my area. Like I I am okay to creatively fail. And that's why, like, so when you're saying, like, failure is part of life, I'm like, that's advice I would give someone about, like, writing or, or, like, starting a website or doing whatever. Like, that's it. Or launching a new project. Like, if you fail, that's okay. It's all part of, like, the success. But um, it's... uh, But cookie failure. No, cookie failure would be one. Because that's not my area. That's, that's... You know what it is? It's why I don't, why I always say I can't act. It's why I don't like put myself out there. It's because I think there's nothing more embarrassing than trying. And that is definitely a self-esteem thing. And there's something great about trying. And there's something like, you know, that's what defines, you know, certain people. Like if I wanted to be a dancer, like that would involve trying. And I just have such difficulty potentially being bad at something in front of people that I that's like singing or dancing or doing stand up or whatever. Like, no, well, that's not bad. I don't think to have that kind of insecurity or yeah. fear. That's normal, right? Yeah. So I'd rather just sit at home and talk to my computer and edit those videos together. Like yeah, that's me why too. I was. That's yeah. why I quit stand up and started doing YouTube videos back in the day. Like, well, I was that just stuff like, just made this. me sad because it's like everyone's so sad. You know, I I 
I really will roll around in my own depression or my own issues so much and almost like such a selfish, oh, lo- narcissistic like, yeah, I way. I the same thing. I like bathing in my own yeah. pity. I love it. You know I like to <laughs> marinate in my own yes. sadness. I love it. I think it's – and then think like, I'm why so am I sad, man? Yeah. Or I'm reading um, – I'm switching back between regular books and As a Man Thinketh, which is my favorite old self-help book, which is like – a man's mind is a garden, and the seeds you sow, and the thoughts you, you know. It's and like is it like those. a literal man, or is it like, is it, is it like mankind? Is it for men and women, or is yeah, it like yeah, about it's for men? mankind? Oh, no, okay. it's just about like your thoughts, you know, whatever. It's what pop psychology. That's is based the way on, I like basically. the art is war, basic or art of war, which is basically the same thing, which is that you always allow your unconscious mind to get in the way of like your like destiny. Yeah. Um. Damn. So I like I like rolling around in that shit, but I don't like necessarily being around other people who do because I yeah. see I see in myself how obnoxious it is and yeah. try and keep it in contained. Yeah. You know, so it's not leaking all over everybody. But we weirdly but don't bring stuff, each other down. Oh, no, no. But you like know? stand up oh, specifically. Yeah. Oh. It's like, oh my God, there's too much pain. Like, the energy of the the back room that you sit in while you're waiting to get called, the energy in that room, the egos, the people talking about their fucking audition that day or the guy that screwed them over. Or this guy stole my joke or you know, blah blah blah. It's like, dude, like yeah, that's the other thing too. Out. Like the shit talking in comedy is unparalleled because comedians are good at talking and they're good at finding things wrong with other people and they're good at observation. So it's like the shit talk of a comedian is literally the best slut thing to listen to, but also the most toxic thing because it's just it. It can it never ends like it never yeah. ends and especially yeah. it's like any other area of this business like acting like singing like whatever except it's where people are like I hate my competition I hate this girl but and secretly the answer is jealousy it's like comedians just have this whole different I know level and they talk themselves in they talk themselves up or talk each other up or whatever thinking that that's how you win and it's not how you win you stand up there and then people laugh or they don't laugh. Yeah. And usually the biggest shit talkers are the ones who, you know. Yeah, it's always someone else's fault why they didn't make it. Yeah. You know? Generally, I just, I like being depressed, but I don't like being around everybody who's depressed. Yeah. Because then I'll just get more depressed. Then I'll be really depressed, and it won't be the fun kind. It'll be like, oh, I like the fun depressed where I'm alone and like. (laughs) You know, just download stuff off the Pirate Bay and watch every stupid movie you skipped last year. (laughs) I've been so happy to be just sleeping. Like, I have been sleeping so much. I'm just like, I actually can't wait for you guys to leave so I can go back to bed. I am so, I just love sleeping. It's like my best friend right now. Like, it feels so good. They have edible cookie dough now. And Um, so, like... Yeah, and one of my things has just been like Netflixing and like eating oh, that cookie edible cookie dough. dough. Oh, cookie dough! As if like the raw eggs ever stopped me. Like I love that they're like now it's edible. It's like honey, it's always been edible. Trust me. Like I'd like to see a list of the people who've gotten salmonella poisoning from fucking Pillsbury cookie dough because. Like, here I am on the other... I mean, oh, that actually would be, like, kind of tight to get salmonella. I've been binging lately. I've tried. Have good... you ever tried to get salmonella? What? <laughs> I swear to God. Well, oh just because I'm always you. looking for an easy diet, yeah. you know? And I'm like, I, I used to try and, like, make myself throw up when I was younger, and I just couldn't do it. My body's like, these hot dogs are staying in here, son. Yeah. That's so... like a pill head that tries to break their own legs and then go get Percocet. 
Yeah, that's why I don't touch pills. Yeah. So I'm I'm crazy like that. I'll do stupid shit like that. I mean, but I've, wow, trying to give yourself someone else at like a new level. Yeah, like I'll touch chicken. <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> I'll touch chicken. <laughs> you know, when I you're cooking want, like, and you like fingers? touch. <laughs> well, I've caught myself. Where I've touched a chicken and I haven't immediately washed my hands, and then you're making salad or whatever, and I'm like, "This is covered in salmonella now because I'm an idiot and didn't you're like, like good." And I was like, "Maybe you know, maybe I did that on purpose." And I start thinking, like, "Are you trying to kill yourself? Get thin? What is it? What do you need, Ronnie? What do you need? Mm-hmm. Really, just a good barf. Sometimes yeah. you just need a good. Oh, dance. I love to. I mean, honestly, I hate. To, I I hate to say it. I've said it so many times. There, I love to barf. Like if I have to. I love it. Like I'm not. I'm not. I've never been bulimic. That's never been my thing. Mostly because I'm afraid of like what it does to your teeth, and then also like bulimic girls get those marks on their fingers from shoving their fingers down their throat. And I'm like, I can't. Oh lord. I would rather just have. I would rather my telltale sign of having an eating disorder just be that I'm scary looking. Like yeah. that. Let alone like I don't need physical manifestation of losing my teeth and like bumps on my fingers. Um, yeah, it's a lot, and there's so many holes you can fall down. It's important to let yourself. It's like choose your drugs. <laughs> yeah. I always say, you know, like choose the thing that you're going to give into. Yeah. Because I could give it to some really dark shit, too, sometimes. I'm like, don't do it. But, yeah, eating, licking my fingers after a chicken. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Why not? Um, Does that I kill you, Seminella? Uh, yeah, it doesn't there, kill you, There right? are people who die, some people die are... Usually it's babies, though. Yeah, well. You're a big baby. Babies are pussies, okay? <laughs> um, Ronnie, Get I'm going to... stronger, gonna, babies. I'm going to give you something to think about while we record the podcast today, but... We brought back. Do I mean honestly? That's why I think they should just let kids with peanut allergies die. Like I'm dead serious. Like it's called fucking Darwinism. Okay. Like if you can't handle a fucking legume, like were you meant for this world? Like all we keep doing is breeding weaker humans and being like medicine will fix it. Why? And then medicine makes it worse. Yeah, and then no, when the AI a- comes to get us, we have a bunch of fucking weaklings trapped in a room. God forbid there's a peanut in there. They start dropping dead, and then the people who aren't <laughs> allergic to peanuts have to deal with fucking carcasses everywhere. So, there's actually been a rise in peanut up. Allergies no shit. Last, like, and like, years. no shit there has been because everyone's like coddling their kids. And you know what? My cousin Dennis, God bless him. He fucking tried to make himself unlactose intolerant by eating ice cream um, every single day. And like it got him much more sick for a long time. But now he can eat ice cream. And I just want to say, you know, maybe you should think about that. <laughs> you should think about that. If you need an EpiPen, are you for this world? That's my question. I'm just kidding, you guys. You guys. Ugh. I know so many people with allergies are like, fuck you. It's real. My sister no, I has. I know it's real. I know, but my sister has <laughs> an, and her kids gluten free, dairy free, chickpea free, spinach free, tomato free. I mean, they've yeah. got cards that they carry around with all this shit. Like, Chickpea free is rough. That's been that's always so been hard much, for we're me. We're Lebanese. Like yeah, you can't oh. not have chickpeas. You know it's in everything. So I try and make like a white bean hummus or whatever it is. But she'll get really upset if she sees a family meal. Sorry, being cooked on a countertop that had gluten on it. Yeah, and, and I'm like, you can't live that to that. She said, but the kids can die. I said, the they kid is celiac? not going to die. No, they have just. 
I mean, no, I don't know not what it eating is, gluten but does make you feel better. And when you go back to eating gluten, you makes feel, you feel a little, like shit. Yeah. 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 You notice the difference. Yeah. I'm making cauliflower pizza soon. I have the crust down. I'm have the ingredients for the crust downstairs. It's It's fucking It's good. Fun. Yeah. It's, it's good. my jam. Maybe I'll make that for us for tomorrow night. If I can get out of this uh, seeing a baby thing really fast. In and out on seeing that baby. My friend Emily Foster will be a guest next week, I think. Yeah, next week. She uh, had a baby, and we're, we're all going to go to the park and meet it. Which oh, is going to be very fun. Um, <laughs> hey, baby. Nice to meet you. Hi, nice to <laughs> nice meet to you, meet little you, baby. baby. I just, like, literally, like, I just, I get so upset that, like, more of my, I'm like, what do you think I'm going to, I'm, I just am bummed out when my friends don't ask me to watch their kid because I'm like, I'm not going to kill them. Like, what do you think I'm going to get, like, fucking wasted while I'm watching your baby? Like, Ugh. it's like, dude, I just want to, I just want to hold a baby. No, like, one, one of my best friends had a baby. He's two now. He's so cute. And I live close to him and I work from home. So he would be like, could you please come over here for a couple hours? Yeah. I'm desperate, you know. And I would go, and it's cute and stuff. But <laughs> those fuckers are heavy, A. Eh? Yeah. And B, you have to entertain them at all. It's like if they're awake, you have to be like, blah, 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 blah. And it's fun for 10 minutes, but I'm too selfish for a baby. I'm too selfish for my own. I'm certainly too selfish for yours. And I was like, you can't just keep calling me because I live close to you. Yeah. Like, get a babysitter. Sorry. Hi, Wags. See, I'm so used to, I'm so, I mean, the toddlers are rough. And it is true because they need constant stimulation. Like, they're just like ready to. Yeah, Christina has a niece who is just out here. Like, they need to, like, go. Like, they're just, like, if they're grabbing, not... Grabbing, grabbing, grabbing shit, throwing yeah. shit, putting stuff in their mouth. Saying then... no. Yeah. Or, like, having to listen to the same song over and over and over and over <laughs> and over again. Yeah. I heard, like, some Mickey Mouse Clubhouse song over at, like... It was a hot dog song. It was, like... It, it, was, it was, like, hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog for, like, like 20 million times. Can we expect more intelligence from our children, <laughs> what please? What was your version of that? Did you have a version of that? Growing up? Yeah. I know mine. What was it? This is the song that... Oh, no. It. And I, coincidentally, I'm holding a lamb chop. I loved lamb chop as a child. That it was, like, my favorite thing. And my brother, so like, it drives him insane to this day to hear that song. I think it's... I was raised... Um, I was raised with, um, like, cleaning ladies, you know? Yeah. In El Paso. Yeah. And so my songs were like, like, Mexican music is all, so whatever it was. Songs that you still don't know. And I loved it. But, okay. No, but you can hear it going down the street. Whatever song it is, it's going. That, that was that was living that. In, that was living in Hollywood, like in East Hollywood for a long time. Or yeah, East Hollywood. Where'd you live in East Hollywood? I used Seventh to live there. Seventh and Gramercy, and then I lived in Koreatown too, but in Little Owaka. So like that music was always going. Like, I was, was at Western going. and Santa Monica. Class. Ooh. Oh, Pure so class. that was basically where I was too. Was um, so I was two blocks over from you. Basically, oh, right on. Yeah. I lived in that gigantic brown building on the freeway that always says "now leasing" over the freeway. And you're like, I, I, I bet you apartment. are, honey. <laughs> um, it was for me. It was "Call Me Out" by Paul Simon, and then, but more importantly, was this fucking Chicken Little book on tape I had, and my whole family was so tired of me listening to this fucking chicken little book but i was i had a book on tape too it. that i was obsessed with yeah it's just like so soothing uh, the sky is it falling. was lamb the chops uh land of no manners <laughs> where like lamb chop misbehaves and then she fantasizes about being in a world where like there are kids who don't 
like have manners and she hates it. Oh, wow. Well, just yeah. get on a plane, bitch. <laughs> it's so weird to think about Lamb Chop being a girl. That lady with Lamb Chop creep, creeped me out always. Sherry I didn't like Lewis? her. Yeah. I think I was too judgmental even then to get into Sherry. Shelley Duvall was the one that that, that fairy tale theater, the Shelley Duvall Terry and that shit like literally Shining I, Time Station. I saw um no 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 Sherry Duvall Fairy Tale Theater. Um there was a like Mick Jagger would come on and they'd do like Jack and the Beanstalk or something. Yeah. And there was something about the aesthetic of it and like the tone and just being like, these are weird adults. And like I like saw an image of it recently because people were reminiscing when Dr. Phil was like, I'm going to exploit your mental illness. Come on my show. <laughs> um, she, I like, people were like, remember fairy tale theater. And like a lot of people were linking me to it and I'd open it and it'd be like, dude, can I have a fucking trigger warning? Like this shit brings back <laughs> some shit in me. I did not know was there. Like you need to trigger warning me for, before you show me fairy tale theater, because that's some creepy fucking ass adults. Like, it was. I wasn't a fan of that either. Or um, Mr. Rogers creeped me out. Oh, those puppets I were loved fucking him. creepy though. Yes. Like the Prince Tuesday. Or they like, were lifted with the Prince little Friday. sticks under yeah, their hands. Yeah, the king. King Friday? The, ugh, he was so creepy and like pasty. And like he'd. He they looked like it was hand carved. Like the faces yes. were like hand carved. Yeah. And it was like it's old people are like, oh, these are real puppets from back in the day, children. And Mr. Rogers would be like, hello, children. And just sit there with his creepy sweaters and his fucking shoe putting on and off. He was always a creep, too. That was my recurring nightmare as a child was things inside of picture picture. Like I like go or going on that train and like being in the world and like not understanding being like, these are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's showing us the, See, I the actually king from that. I actually like that. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, there was he a was lot gross. that was nightmare bait for me as a child though, because it was like a world I could go to that was like. Now all those nightmares oh, have been replaced. With school. Is he eating a banana oh, in that yeah. picture? <laughs> What's who's that? That's Prince Tuesday. Prince Tuesday. Yeah, I hated those, but I did love the Muppets. I loved because they were like Muppets we're are my Muppets favorite. and we don't give a fuck. We'll do whatever we want. That was Fraggle like, Rock because I felt like a little. I don't know. It was yeah, just like, I liked Fraggle Rock too. They, yeah, they had a little bit of a like a ragamuffin like rough edge to them. I they didn't weren't like, like you're an Rock. idiot because you're a kid. Yeah, I even as a baby I remember thinking, "Fuck this! I'm not stupid." Yeah, I can see the sticks. But like the Muppets, they're not even pretending they're not puppets, you know? It's like yeah. a frog's dating a pig. I was yeah. like, that is so forward. That is so fucking chic. <laughs> well, Miss Piggy to me is like literally the most beautiful woman in the world. Like, yeah, I literally she is, think yeah. she's the most, she's like, if you were to ask me, most beautiful woman in the world, Miss Piggy. Yeah. Um, I always get really confused when people, like, remember in the early 2000s, people would be like, who do you think is hot? And like a lot of people would be like, Fergie. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, what? Like, <laughs> Fergie, like, had this reputation for being, like, banging that I never understood. Like, I think because she literally tells people, like, in her song, she's like, I'm but banging, but banging. Hot in my hot, hot. Like, I'm in my hot, hot. I'm hot in my hot, hot. I'm banging and banging because I'm Fergie and Fergie. It's like, okay, Fergie. You know, it's like every song's an autobiography. I went to the club. My lovely lady loves. But she does have stuff in common with Miss Piggy in that. Like, I think what makes Miss Piggy hot is that she makes herself hot. You know, she's just a pig with a pig face. Like, all the pigs they make on the show look the same. Yeah. But she just glams it up and knows the right makeup and dresses. You know, she doesn't give a fuck. She's like, beauty comes from 
the makeup mirror. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Miss Piggy was just like, she was a feminist in her own way. Um, so this is something I was going to ask is that we're bringing back a segment we used to do all the time called free advice, which is you give a piece of advice. that's something you've been thinking about that's just like, dude, can people stop doing blank? Or, hey, this is a product I've tried and it's changed my fucking life. Or you need to watch blank. So I want you to think about that while we're recording today because I'm going to ask you at the end for your piece of free advice. Okay. Well, okay. I've already got one because I just spent three hour my three hour allotment on the phone with my New York bestie. So okay, I've perfect. already got it ready. I've already got a lecture ready to go. Okay, great. So now I think we should take some goddamn calls. Hey Miles and Christina and everybody else. This is Heather from the Facebook group. Um anyway, I'm calling because this is gonna come off kind of weird. Anyway, my oldest is in her senior year and she's looking at colleges and she, I think, without telling me, I'm kind of getting the idea that she wants to take a gap year. She wants to be a photographer. I fully 150 million percent support her and her dreams. I, she's a great photographer. I am on board with her doing what she wants to do. Um, anyway, I digress. I want to know how to support her and support the gap year and support her going to art school and everything without it sounding like I don't have faith and trust in her that she can't do a four-year college and anything else. Um, You know, she's a 17-year-old girl. We have the normal ups and downs. So she usually thinks I don't have faith in her no matter what I say and do if it's not 100% supportive um, in her ears. And even if it is, sometimes she thinks I'm just pacifying her. And listen, I, I was a teenage girl. I get it. I try and it's not always great. And sometimes I don't always think she's being 100% truthful because I'm a parent and we we just have miscommunication. So I want to know the best way to approach it and saying to her, I just want you to make yourself happy. And if you just want to do art school, if you just want to apprentice under a photographer, if you just want to go to a junior college for two years and get your core classes out of the way, I am in your corner. Or if you do want to go to school and do your thing, I support that too. Without it sounding like I don't have faith and trust in her to make her own decisions and it'd be okay. Um, she's really an introvert, so she may not come to me and feel like she can come to me. She might feel like I would be upset because I was an overachiever with school and she knows it was her father and she knows that. So she may be like, wouldn't support her. Even though we always say we do, she still would question it possibly. And her sister is a super overachiever too. We don't compare them, but she may feel like we would. I digress again. Anyway, guys, I really would love the opinions of how you would have want to have been approached by your parents. So it's been a long time for me. Thanks, guys. Any advice would be welcomed. Okay, so I'm going to bypass your actual question and I will get to it. But this is what I would tell you about your daughter taking a gap year to be a photographer. If she is someone who typically shies away from like a curriculum or doing traditional like schooling, if you don't, if she's not an overachiever in terms of school, if she wants to take a gap year, this is 
this is too formative of a time in her life for her to not have structure. So if I were you, I would approach it and be like, dude, like you can absolutely like I support you to take a gap year. I think that would be amazing. But she needs to secure an internship. She needs to set up a website or something like that where she is regularly uploading her photography and showing her progress. She needs to have something that she's accountable for that's more than just like, oh, I'm going to go out this week and shoot pictures. I think she also needs to have a job um, where she's earning and saving money because if she does decide to go to a four-year university, that's still like an unparalleled opportunity to have a shit ton of money saved up that a lot of high school kids don't have. I saved a lot of money going in college knowing that I you know I always had summer jobs and everything like that even school year jobs even but um yeah I just think that the one thing that you really need to make sure is that if she does take this gap year that it's not just kind of a a year off in between because nothing it's that will almost hurt going into college because she will have lost the rigorous nature of being a student it is very rigorous to be a student even if you're going to art school or whatever it's all you know, assignments being turned in on time, a schedule, routine, waking up. Those are all things that it's go- it should be important that you kind of drill in. If she's going to do this, she keeps your routine, etc. Um, how would you like how did your parents a- approach the college thing with you? Well, my, I mean, I don't think my story would be similar to yours at all um, with like my just my personal choices i was really strong-willed i was like i don't want to go to school i want to go to theater camp or like whatever you know so that was a little different but you you sound uh uh-uh i moved to new york city on my 18th birthday girl i got on a greyhound oh okay (laughs) it's like bye see i had no but i was living on my own since i was 15 and stuff right oh you were yeah oh for some reason like we talked so much about life but i didn't realize that yeah, well, I don't say it a lot because sometimes people think it's like be you know like a victim story, and it's not at all. Right. I was just like, "Fuck you! I'm doing whatever." I'm Did still you like move that. Out? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but my parents had like certain rules, and I was like, "No, I don't want to." I would rebel against everything, but they were still very supportive in what I want, and they still are to this day. They don't know what I'm doing, really. Right. But they're like, "You're supporting yourself." And, as long as you're supporting yourself and, you know, not being a total mess, like, good for you. No one but, in L.A. can describe to their parents what they do. Like, that's right. like the And they're okay with it, here. you know. They're yeah. like, my dad told me a few years ago, I don't know how the hell you're still doing this, but I love that you just kind of have your dream, whatever it is, and you're yeah. happy, you know. Whatever that dream but yeah, Whatever is. the fuck you're doing, I'm glad you're having fun. But you sound like a really supportive parent already. Yeah. So I don't think that. There's no way that you're going to give a kid what they need as far as support, like photography or any dream, really. But something like that, she's going to find that on her own, you know, so as long as you just let her do it. But you also can't just sit there and pay for everything all the time. Like, this is the time where you're becoming an adult, too. Right. And college isn't real. I always thought college was like math and frats and just shit I wanted to avoid. Right. But college was also... A huge networking thing for people that came out of college with agents and with, yeah. you know, internships at really high level places because they went through the proper steps. And there's also a lot of good shit to take pictures of at college. in college. I mean, well, <laughs> no. here's the thing is that college was a, 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 a like a time of self-discovery for me. 
I originally, I was given a full ride to a state school that uh, Suffolk University, oh no, Suffolk's not, I don't know if it's a state school, um, but Suffolk University is across from the Capitol building in Boston. It's basically like where you go if you want to be a lawyer or a politician of note in Boston and uh-huh. Suffolk Law School is like the follow up to that. So I really, really wanted to do that path because I was positive I wanted to get into politics. I had a very like, I was a clean record. I was a good girl. I was like community service oriented and my mom sat me down and said, I really want you to think about BC and cause it's a family school. And so everyone in our family went to BC and I was like, mom, I'm not going to fit in there. Like I listen to punk music. I go to shows. I don't dress like those kids. I'm not like skinny and perfect and, and a model and I'm not good at like math and all that shit. And my mom's like, Molly, school's going to be the same thing in Suffolk. But the wonderful thing about BC is like, I was, she's like, I wasn't that person either. I was an artist. And she's like, I studied fine arts at BC. Like there's things there for everybody and you will find your people. And sure enough, like I would have never discovered sketch comedy or been in a sketch comedy group and really fucking like thrown my life into that sketch comedy group, which then set the course of my life and made me want to move to LA and made me want to be a writer and made me realize that I could do those things and that it would be, you know, perceived well, like when performed, like that was all just like something that I never thought I would have an opportunity to have. Now I also, um, as I've discussed on this, I'm extremely dyslexic. And so school has never been easy for me. So what I did was I was a year round student and I, took uh, fewer classes every semester, but I went to school in the summer. I went to school year round. I worked that way. I was also able to work um, and I was able to graduate in four years. Um, But it was a curriculum that was tailored for me, you know? Yeah. That was huge. Yeah. I think what you said about structure is important. Like if you're out there following your dream in real life, like the way I did it, I was out there following my dream, but I was also working my balls off to pay rent. Because you have to be an adult. My parents were like, if you don't want to go to college, okay, but we ain't paying for your ass. That made me an adult, you know, and it yeah. it made me grow up really fast. And I wasn't, I was very proud, you know, but at the same time, college is a great experience to come of age with other people your own age and you're not having to figure out a lot of shit. I don't know. It sounds like you want her to go to standard college, but you don't want her to feel like you're not supportive by doing that. Right. But you can still learn rad photography skills in real college. You know, yeah. you don't have to go for some boring shit. Well, Malia Obama took a gap year. And like, I think that that's like reintroduced the idea of a gap year in our society in a major way. Like, I think that people kind of forgot that you could do that. And it's been much more like an upper class sort of thing to do like a more of like if you come from like an education based family like that's you know about a gap year um but the one thing to note about that is that she was not traveling during that gap year to the extent that like some might you know there wasn't a year backpacking through europe like she had an internship and sure enough like she showed up to harvard like to move in right on you know right on time this year so like that year was very much like uh, a time for her to breathe i think that was also important for her like with her dad coming off of the presidency to have a little bit of a, a breathing time but she used it to kind of make herself more of an adult human i think college is the big mistake that that people make with college and why i think a gap year is great is because oftentimes you aren't aware of the seriousness of what you do in college when you and how important college is um, for you to take 
seriously, like every class you take, remember it being broken down at BC for us, they were like, every class you take is like $560. So if you skip a class, like your tuition is this every, so that means every class is technically $560. If you skip a class, that's a $560 nap you're taking. Right. And so but when it's not your money, a lot of times people don't care. It's like, if this is right. all being paid for, what there's no like... You don't know what that means to right. like miss five hundred and sixty bucks. You're like, fuck my mom. Yeah. But also, like, it's a different time because college is really expensive, and everybody I know who went to college for acting or whatever, like some an, a more artistic thing, they're they're paying so much money for the rest of their lives every month. It never goes down. It only goes yep. up, and they're like imprisoned in a way. So. Things like photography, you don't necessarily have if that's if she really knows that that's what she wants to do, she doesn't have to go through a four year program. There's so many schools you can go to and ways to learn that are cheaper, shorter, and better that would actually get you the experience, you know. So and, a lot and of that's just her choice now because she's an adult. You it know? took me six years. Oh, sorry, it took me six years to pay off my college debt. But I will tell you that, and that's really fast. It sounds to some people, but in that time, I defaulted on it. It ruined my mother's credit. Like it ruined my credit. Like I like wiped out me and my mom with my college loans. And so that's another thing I just want to point out too is that there's like, I mean. It can if if she does manage to like make a shit ton of money, you know, when she hits a certain age and she's able to pay it all off. Great. But like, what has she done to her credit and what has she done to your credit in the meantime? Right. If she, you know, just leave it up to her. Say, if you want other options, like I support you in photography and I want you to be happy and I think you're talented. But that's really all you can do as far as anything else, like find where you're going to be. First of all, is this girl taking pictures? Like, that's another thing. Because a lot of times actors, and we all know them here in L.A., they call themselves actors. They don't even go to auditions ever. Right. They don't, you know. They're like not they actively to, making short films. Yes, or like not, a yeah. writer is writing. They're yeah. always writing something. A photographer is always working on that. So, you know, just say you're an adult. I support you whatever. But it's not going to be money forever. So here's the money I'm willing to spend and here's what I'm willing to spend it on. And it's your choice. Bring me options. Bring me options. But yeah, at this point, I do think that, you know, and she might and she might believe you more. Like, I think that there seems to be like question that, that she will believe the authenticity of you saying you should take this year off or whatever. I think she will believe you more if you give her parameters and you say like, I will like I'm totally fine with you taking a year off to pursue an artistic thing. And if you want to do a two year program, that's great. But for the first year, I'm just going to ask that you these are the rules that you will follow. Like you're going to get an apprenticeship or an internship. You're going to have a regular paying job and you're going to have a website that you update weekly with like photos that you've taken and things that you've worked on. And you're constantly going to be doing output. I can't stress enough how important output is. And that's not just like on social media or Instagram or whatever, like she should, you know, for me, it's like if I can't, yeah, I can't have a script out every week. I can't be handing in a script every week to my agent, but what I can do to keep my brain elastic and working while I'm in, in putting stuff out into the universe while I'm also working on scripts that might take three or four months to write sometimes even longer. Um, is I do my podcasts. And so I have this going on at all times. And so this is just a way of output where it's like Molly McAleer has not disappeared. This is what she's doing right now in addition to the other stuff she's doing. Because having blogging missing from my life 
changed what it looked like I was doing to the world. You know, it seemed like all of a sudden that I wasn't doing all that much when in fact I was just doing a lot of work that took a lot longer to be output. So yeah, this kind of work isn't really quantifiable. Like there's no, there's no check marks. Look, you sound like a really supportive parent from here on out. She's at the age where it doesn't really fucking matter how supportive your parents are. Yeah. Like, you're making your own decisions now. And as long as you say, I support you, that's it. That's all a kid can really expect. And from then on, it's like you do it because you want to and you're building your own life. You and, know? you know, so. I would, like, really encourage her to, like, do, like, there's, like, creative ways for her to get practice at this that will build her portfolio. Like, there are plenty of couples out there that would love a wedding photographer but can't afford one. And yeah, I was going to say, go on Craigslist, say, you know, new, new young photographer. Like, I'll shoot, I will shoot your wedding for free in exchange right. for the experience. Give me a hundred bucks for the film and the actual developing or whatever. And most and of it's digital new. now anyway. Right, like you I'm know? new, You're. this is definitely budget because I'm new, just be totally honest. You pay for the prints, but I will sh- come and shoot your wedding for free. And like, right. and, and that I think that that is, we do it. We've been doing free shit forever. Like you have equity. to. Yeah. And especially That's in her age, she's, she, if she's not going to, you know, it's also hard. I, I imagine, I don't know where exactly you live. Um, but I also know that it can be, oh, I do actually. Um, I don't know if there's a ton of photographers working out there and apprenticeships can be hard to get, especially like certain artists. Like they just don't want, they don't need or want people. They don't need the help. Um, and a lot of people that I think are worth working for oftentimes are the type of people who don't let people help them. <laughs> like they're like, no, I need to do it myself. Um, so I think that if you, if she got creative about cr- putting her foot in the door, then who knows, maybe this wedding she did for free, like, Next year, that couple will recommend her to a friend and she can get like 500 bucks or something. She yeah, and like be- you were saying about the people who normally wouldn't be hiring interns, when you email those people, just random people, not people like at Vogue, you yeah. know, but someone in your town who's actually good and has a solid business, if you just say, I'm young, I want to work this 20 hours a week for free assisting you in return for learning, you know, light balance yeah. or, you know, studio work or whatever. Most people who do anything artistic want to help because all of art is apprenticeship based. Like you learn everything based on doing shit for free yeah. from better people. Yeah. So everybody's used to teaching, and, and that's you want your turn to like help somebody out. You know. Yeah, but I do. I will say, my friend uh, Todd, who's been on this program before, we wrote a script together last year. His kid did two years of school. Um, learning music and it was a four-year college but after two years Todd was like he doesn't need to go to school for four years like he's made his contacts like you know and now he's in a band that like their single played on K-Rock the other day because he is a musician that has put hours and out he's put his 10,000 hours in by the age of 20 and he doesn't need to be at college right now yeah. basically racking up a bill for something that he could be out there doing already yeah um and so if you know most of it is like that if you can avoid it i would say don't go yeah but you're of course your parent like what she's saying is like is it unsupportive saying you need a degree it's not unsupportive it's just kind of old-fashioned because you don't for everything yeah if you're going to be a lawyer you need a degree if you're going to even if you're in any kind of performance where you want to work for networks even as a um, what do you call it? Like a runner, not an so, intern, like, like a, a page, page or whatever. Yeah, a PA. You have to have a degree. There are certain things that you're going to have to have a degree, but it might not always be the best choice. So just leave yourself open 
to like being supportive of something that's not four year college if that's what she wants to do. As long as you're not paying for it for ten years, you and know. And being an academic overachiever is different than not being an overachiever altogether. Like your daughter could be some of the smartest people I know are completely self taught people. They are self educated people. They skip college. They dropped out of high school and they just like, but they just, they read books. They like, you know, they went out and had practical experience. They would sit home and build code. They'd sit home and do this. Like that's the reason why so many of these like young tech millionaires that you hear of, like a David Carp, for example, like he, David Carp wasn't, he couldn't hang in high school. He wasn't, by the time he was 16, he was fucking bored and he dropped out yeah. and he sat at home and he practiced coding and he wound up turning into someone who sold the company for billions of dollars to Yahoo. So like, that is uh, something to always consider is that especially with artistic people, um, you can being self-taught is as is as legitimate as any other type of overachieving. I would still consider someone who's self-taught to that extent to be an overachiever. And you're not evil if you say, OK, if you want to be self-taught and do your own thing, I don't pay for that. Yeah, like, I'll help pay for college, but I don't help pay for non-college. And that's not being unsupportive. It's just say it's just not being monetarily supportive. And I don't know? think that's even what you, like. I don't even think you're saying that. Like, I yeah, think I'm you, projecting because yeah. it sounds like she's saying, am I being supportive enough by suggesting the college or the year gap or whatever? Yeah. So I'm taking that to mean like suggesting four year college for someone who wants to be a photographer or whatever. But I don't know. You sound like a supportive mom. Just yeah. Heather, Heather has blue hair. She's a mom with blue hair. Oh, yeah. Know? So there you go. You're on it. There You're on it. Yeah, you'll be okay. Um, let's take our next call. Hey, malls, Christina, and guests. Um, my name's Lizzie. I'm 25 and in San Diego. And my, like, problem, it's not, I don't know, it's not super time sensitive or anything, but pretty much I was a pescatarian slash vegetarian for, like, two years more like officially a year and a half of like not eating meat at all and sometimes eating fish um and then the last couple weeks I started eating meat again and it was a delicious experience I would I forgot how many options there are when you eat meat um when I wasn't eating meat it was never really a moral thing it was more like I just felt better not eating meat and I went with it and now but I started feeling not that great I think my iron levels were low I also have depression and anxiety and around the time I started eating meat again I also had a medication adjustment and I feel a lot better now um I think it has to do with both because there's some stuff that doesn't have to do with medication that feels better like day-to-day living now that I'm eating meat well anyway my problem is well it was never used to be a moral thing but then last weekend I went to the fair and I saw all the like stupid pigs and cows and like goats and shit all lined up at the fair. And I just started getting really sad. And I was like, Whoa, um, you know, you guys used to be my friends and I didn't eat you. And now I'm eating sausages. And like, I mean, seeing the animals didn't stop me from getting bacon wrapped pickles, but like, I don't know. Do any of you have, like, I don't feel as bad because I want a whole year and a half without eating meat. So I feel like I did a solid for the animals, but I kind of want to do more. But also, I don't feel that great when I don't eat meat, and I don't know if any of you – I'm pretty sure, Malls, you and Christina eat meat. I don't know what guests you'll have, but, like, if you've ever felt bad about this or, like, have some sort of habit that 
you know, doesn't align with your morals exactly. Or, well, I mean, like a daily one. I know we have plenty of those. Um, there's, God, there's another thing I was forgetting. Um, oh, yeah. Eight inches. Cut. Man, Ronnie and I were, like, belly laughing throughout your call. Um, because, I mean, just us but um first of all eight you're inches, so funny eight inches cut. Like you used to be my friends they butchered the craigslist killers foreskin so if you were okay with that um no look <laughs> Miles was just telling me the eight inches cut story and i was dying um but so okay so um one thing i will throw out there is that if you eat like I go when I get my when I get like steaks and stuff from my house and I buy meat at the grocery store like I'm not a perfect citizen in any way when it comes to meat or whatever but I will I do these grocery runs once in a while where I will only buy vegan and it's because I'm like okay like it just can't hurt like it can't hurt to have these things or I'll right. do completely gluten-free grocery runs and that doesn't mean I don't have the other stuff in my house and it doesn't like sneak its way into my meals it's just that, like, you know, I don't need a package of deli ham every week. But what I will tell you is that I love going into the Atwater Village Farmer's Market. And I'm sure you have your own version of this wherever you live because they are one of the few farmer's markets that I know of that also has a meat station. And they sell farm, farm-raised, farm like, free-range, grass-fed, you know, happy cow sort of cuts of meat, cuts of pork types of fish sometimes and they also have cheeses and like it is um just an easier experience for me as a meat eater and I also find that it tastes delicious um because yeah. it's it's fr- I mean there's no question that fresh meat or organic meat tastes better um when the and it's not just because the meat was treated better, like as My when it was Trisha in its, in its life. She's like, I can't eat that chicken because I only like happy chickens. I'm like, isn't that sadder? Like you're taking something with a happy life. Right. Like th- this one was put out of its misery. It didn't get to grow a beak or eyeballs and it was just in some little cage. Like, yeah. At least it didn't That's know what it was missing. Either. Yeah. Like the other chicken knows what prom is like. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a seven year old dying of cancer. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, well, they didn't really know. They've been sick their whole lives. Childhood leukemia. Well, I've but. been on and off. When I, I'm an extreme person, you know, so I'll go real fat then real thin. Mostly have avoided the real thin part in the past decade as I've kind of gotten over that part of my personality. But in high school, I was a vegetarian for a couple of years. And then on and off, I did the vegan thing as I got older. And part of it for me was moral because yeah. Netflix, okay? Yeah. Fucking Netflix. Those movies. And yeah. they're like, this is what they, that's why I'm saying, like the things they're that don't grow They're pumping out beats. new original series every weekend. And I'm like, I can't, I, stop this. I no, no, she, she means ones. all the food documentaries oh that are God, on Netflix, food, but the also food all the original. The cow warehouses and then what they're really doing to the illegals and then how they're killing these cows. I mean, it's disgusting and horrifying. And yeah. so that really did work on me for a couple of years. And now I eat meat, you know, I mostly stay away from red just because I'm always at danger of a heart attack, just because I'm so unhealthy in general. Like yeah. I smoke, I eat too much, I drink too much, you know, all that. But I haven't now, but there is, we're in a time where we're intellectualizing what it is to be human and we're allowed to talk about like how fucking disgusting it is to be killing things right. and eating them. <laughs> like we still do it. Like we're still humans. Like we're you know, that's just our history, but right. now we're allowed to, like, 
intellectualize it and have feelings about it. And I think it really is a mind fuck, you know? I mean, there's arguments that humans were never meant to eat meat. And then there's arguments that, I mean, like as far back as cavemen, hunter gatherers, like there was literal hunters. Like they, there's always been people eating meat in some capacity as long as people have been like closer to what we are now. Um, right. I mean, even the shape of our teeth were meant for right. like, cutting into. Oh, yeah. Meat. I had these shaved down. I used to have like double vampire teeth. Yeah, mine are super sharp. They were really long and I had to have them like shaved down. So. But there are people that say, you know, and and look like there are undeniable things like it's like meat and potatoes, like classic meal. Is There is no harder meal for your stomach to digest than a starch and a meat at the same time. Meat and potatoes should never happen. Meat and a green, sure. Potatoes and something else, sure. Uh, I digress. Well, all the studies, also like when we the were China doing, like, study, more physical labor, yeah, where we could like break that stuff down, yeah, yeah. and all the the uh, studies, like the China study, which is fairly old now, but that was uh, looking at the diets in China where there's not a lot of meat or none at all in some places, and if there is, it's like the side dish. It's like a little tiny bit, and then a lot of vegetables and everything else, and how their heart rate. Uh, their heart attack rate is much lower than here, but I don't know. There's, I mean, I think global the oils... warming with all the cow, you know, farts due, yeah. due to those on layer, all that, you know, all those studies are legit. But in terms of know. feeling good, I think that it's the oils, the sugars, a lot of the stuff that can sometimes come along with vegan food in particular or vegetarian food in particular. I do notice that, like. The idea of a quote unquote fat vegan like that is like upsetting to a lot of people. And the reality is, is that it's just what you choose to eat as a vegan. There's plenty of vegan foods that are very junky and vegetarian foods oh, are yeah. very junky. It's processed. Yeah. Um, I love the vegan blue cheese dressing at Whole Foods on the salad bar. You do? I don't know how they do that shit. Yeah. I heard it that is the, delicious. There's and a couple it's brands. Like twice as fattening as regular dressing yeah i mean it's disgusting so i know that i'm eating a salad from there and i'm I'm still not eating healthy necessarily right but i do try and like do things like i'll bring in some nut cheeses once in a while because i do i'm a cheese and crackers person like i love cheese and crackers and i'll bring in like a nut cheese because it's like while it's so fucking caloric it's very filling and it's also like at least i have this like guilt off my back of just like i'm shoveling milk product into my mouth and um (laughs) My my main thought with with all of this is that, you know, I think that you are if you're feeling better, that's the most important thing. I do think there's something to the idea of living a kind life and like eating plant based. And, you know, there's a lot of people who do survive doing that. Now, if there's something missing from your diet, like as a vegan or um I would suggest even honestly like eating raw food is a lot healthier for you than a lot of vegan food because it's raw vegan is better because like you get the nutrients of the raw food. Um, And that's something that if you feel like you're missing a lot of vitamins or something and that was making you feel sick, that's something to consider. But it's all about a balance. And I think allowing yourself to have, you know, um, a piece of meat, you know, a couple times a week. I think that's okay. And I think if you choose healthier, kinder, kinder farming, I think that that's a better way to go. I know that, um, you know, I know that it sucks. Like it does suck to like first it's, it all sucks. It sucks to not eat meat when you love meat. It's hard. 
Um, and it also sucks to think about if you're an animal lover, which I, I consider myself to be, it sucks to, to be like, I am part of a, a, a process, a mass murder process that happens every day in this country. And is one of our biggest industries is like beef and like, chicken and and just agriculture in general like ever girl i had a pet pig for three days and my landlord made me get rid of it but this pig was so sweet it is still hard for me to eat bacon because people are like they're just animals they're there to be eaten which i'm i'm okay i'm from texas okay but cows are so nice like when you've lived around cows or with cows or like goats they're like little monsters sometimes but they're and pigs are like little dogs. I mean, he would squeal at me if I got up and he couldn't sit on my lap or whatever. He charged me. He was like, ah! like they scream at you yeah. and he would charge me if he couldn't like, oh, look, like little wagsy. Bite me. Yeah, bite me, wags. Um, but yeah, I had, a, I had a pet pig when I was in Italy when I was like a kid. And I just remember one day it was like time for the, the pig to die. Like they, it was time for dinner. And, like, it's sad. They isolate the pig for 24 hours so the other pig knows it's going to die. Like, they are intelligent animals. And I remember Jackie Johnson showing me a video of a cow, and she's like, cows are like dogs. And I was like, oh, they are. Like, they're smart. Like, they have – it's just a different – you just don't think of it that way. And like, but it could, yeah, you, you know, but so many more people do think of it that way that even the, because I'm the most, I'm very cynical, you know? So I hate when people get on their like vegan trips, but I've been on them because once you're on them, it's like, it feels so much better. And have you seen this movie on Netflix? Like, yeah, you, you get it. But then it's also kind of the way of the world. And that sucks. Cause it's like giving into the way of the world, but things have changed so much. I don't think we'll always have meat. Like no, I don't world. think so. I don't think so either. And I think that there's plenty of alternatives. Like, it's like I slowly on its way out. Love Amy's chili that um that food canned food. Amy's pretty decent, huh? It's really fucking in the ch- and Her I'm burritos a chili, are good too. And I'm like a chili. Oh, I love the burritos. And yeah. I'm a and I'm like a chili person. And so I didn't realize that Amy's was all vegan until out for a while and or all vegetarian for a while. And then when I realized, like, I'm like, oh, this isn't meat in this? Like, what is this? And I realized, like, oh, I've been eating, like, tofu, and I haven't realized it. (laughs) Yeah, I make veggie chili all the time. I love veggie chili. I was completely convinced that I hated tofu. Like, Oh, tofu's great. Yeah. Well, if you make it right. But that's also one of the most processed foods in the world, too. Tofu's not the greatest thing either. Like, if you look at the fake meat meat section in the grocery store, well, most of it's nasty. Can we just be honest? I'm sorry. Most of it's gross. And it's really processed. Look at the ingredients <laughs> on the back and the, there like, was, the sodium nitrate, whatever. There was a picture from like before Harvey was about to hit Houston and it was like a grocery aisle. And <laughs> they're like, even in a hurricane, nobody wants vegan products because that was like the only <laughs> thing that was like <laughs> fully, it was like fully stocked. The rest of the like shelves were completely empty. Girl, it but is it was meat like first. nobody. <laughs> It is Jackie Johnson first. would have been having a field day. Yeah, Texas is like, you better not take my beef. Yeah, It'll I mean, always, remember when they sued Oprah? they run Oprah? out of water, but not beef. Do you remember when they sued Oprah? The te- and Oprah had to record from Texas for two months because she was being sued by the beef industry? For what? So Texas farmers took Oprah to court because she had a doctor on who had said... 
basically like beef is not the best thing for you. Like it's it's not as good as you think it is. It's not, you know, this is terrible. It was thing. talking about terrible like mad cow disease too. Yeah. And so Texas farmers basically were like one of the most influential person in the world. Like, and, you know, of course, it's all like, all these women are listening to this black woman who tells them what to do. You know what I mean? There was that angle, too. They're ruining our industry. Well, why is it okay for you guys to put out fake reports or have the fucking food pyramid sponsored? Yeah. Which is all bullshit. Yeah. And so that, and so basically that was the, that was the, uh, the lawsuit. So Oprah was actually wound up winning it. Um, because it's free speech and all sorts of stuff. But essentially, Oprah was sued by by beef farmers because their industry took a hit after she had said that there was like, you know, beef is a little bit more problematic than you think. Yeah. And um, I think Facts. that that Burr, wasn't sewer. even, I don't even think that was like the, like the theme of the episode. I think it was like a, kind of an offhand remark. That yeah, was the people other have thing a too. fucking cow. When they're in and that industry and people talk, yeah, <laughs> no pun. No. And they talk about uh, veganism, vegetarian. They just go crazy. Like, you need it. What are you going to have? You don't have meat. Like, there's so much to eat. I was never craving meat when I wasn't eating meat. Yeah. But she is right. When you say, oh, my God, I forgot how many options there are when you eat meat. It's true because when you go to a restaurant and you look at vegetarian shit, there's never anything. You can always say, like. I want this chicken sandwich with the mushrooms and the fried onions and this and that without the chicken. You can still do that, but you feel like a dick. Well, speaking of not to keep bringing up Jackie Johnson of Natch Butte, if you guys don't listen, but she's one of our we've had her on a million times. um, She posted an Instagram like or or like an Instagram story like a couple weeks ago. It was like being being the vegan at the wedding and like literally her meal was a plate of crackers. Like they don't like if if they're they don't they're not going to cater to the vegan like they're not going to. So they don't have like a special meal for her. Like basically she's getting whatever they have that doesn't like arguably doesn't have. And I'm looking at being like crackers really don't have any dairy in them at all. Like there's no milk or anything when they're baking a cracker. Like what? Um, but I guess yeah, not right. I mean, because tortillas don't. They're just well, some of them have lard, but you can make it with olive oil and just some water and flour. I yeah, guess. but like, I, I mean, I don't know, girl. Like, this is some one thing that I like to do to kind of be moderate is when I'm going through, especially when I'm going through like a gluten free thing at home. Um, I really. I give myself when I go out to meals, I'm allowed to eat whatever I want. And that is my thing. So it's like at home, I eat clean. I eat, I eat things that make me feel good all the time. And then like if I'm going out, if I'm going out and I'm going to put alcohol into my body, I might as well fucking put a steak into my body or a piece of bread or whatever. Like yeah. if I'm, if, you know. Like it's nice to hear compassion and like a guilt for it in a way because it means we're kind of moving on. Yeah. But you don't win more points by feeling bad about it. So just like be moderate and eat less. And if more people did that, it would be less and less and less and less until it's hardly around. I mean, some chefs won't even talk to a vegan or a vegetarian. You know, there's like a war between the meat eaters and the non. And it doesn't have to be like that, you know? Supply and demand. Just stop eating it and they'll stop making so much of it. And for some people, like, it really just doesn't, it doesn't work for their system. You know what I mean? Like, like not everyone, the same way that we're all from different cultures or backgrounds or whatever, some people are not going to 
they like their body just doesn't respond to dairy or to meat or whatever. Um, one thing I would recommend to you though, because you're talking about the health difference is my parents did something. My mom and my stepdad did something where they got their blood tested extensively for what they could and couldn't eat. And it turns out that like my stepdad, like really shouldn't be eating meat except for like bison and mutton. And like, there were some random things, but like he can't eat lamb. Like he can't eat all these like things that like he grew up eating as like a Greek guy. And my mom, like she, my mom, basically the worst thing my mom can put in her body is wine, but she can have like a lager, for example. My mom got that too. When I was a kid, it was the worst time of our lives. (laughs) She couldn't have white wine. Oh, so she was just like, kill me. No, she was like, vodka? Okay. Vodka sounds good. Uh, it's like, um, no, bring back. Now she's like, fuck it. The got only a headache thing my anyway. Mom can you know, now she's like, lager. got the boxes in the fridge. Yeah, she can't. My mom can't have like an IPA. She can't have a light beer. She can only have a, like, a, I guess something about lager in particular is the one thing like her body can handle. I'm like terrified well, to do Well, we were joking myself. about like peanut allergies and stuff yeah. earlier. You know, all that stuff is really very real. And the people aren't just being neurotic. A lot of it is just shit that they're putting in our food. Yeah. You know, like all those hormones and all the fucking estrogen or whatever, all the drugs that they're using to make them get huge are making us huge because, duh, we're eating those things, you know? And they're doing fucked up things to our minds and our attitudes and everything else. So whether you eat meat or not, try and do, you know, somewhat organic. But what does the organic even mean? That's a whole other show because I feel like that's tricky sometimes <laughs> too. Yeah, it's a whole other. There's a list called the Dirty Dozen of like things that you like if you're going to buy this fruit or whatever, you should definitely buy it organic. Right. And like that ruined my life and cuz now I have to buy all these things organic because I'm like of course like raspberries and strawberries are the most compromised things because Tomatoes. like they're what just so exposed. There? Um I don't remember, but like, like any, like any sort of like berry, any sort of like anything that is just like you eat the skin directly. There's no, there's no buffer. Like an avocado is not on there because like there's the skin that that exists. Like anything with skin, I think is usually fine. But a lot of the things on the dirty dozen list are things that like you just put directly in your mouth. And that really, that fucked up my, my fucking expense report. I'll tell you that much, honey. (laughs) You guys might remember that I have said in recent weeks, if you leave us, if we get to 500 reviews in the Apple podcast store by the new year, I will do something special for you. Ronnie, why don't you think about maybe what that special thing can be while I read this review? But I'm going to read a review that's Ronnie's doing a blowjob motion. You guys, I'm going to blow (laughs) all 500 of you. Uh, No, but... um. I would love to get our reviews up. They are super important to the show. They are absolutely like one of the most important things you can do for us. We're on the comedy charts. We're never going to chart in the top 100 anytime soon. The best thing that you can do for us as a podcast is leave us a review and five stars. It's so helpful. I don't understand the algorithm or why, but you need to know. It factors into like where we appear in the rankings. Like that's one of the things. That's why we're asking. It helps some people-, people find our podcast essentially. Yeah. Like it doesn't like it's it's not about us like wanting to hit like to chart basically. It's about us wanting to expand expand please advise nation so that we can do this more and more so that this is less of um a like a, a hobby and more of a job for us. We want to make this something that we can put our all into all of the time and it's not just because we are 
uh, passionate about it, but because we are expanding the nation. We want to do more live shows. We want to do that stuff. And we can't do that stuff until we continue to grow. So by going to the Apple Podcast Store and leaving a review, you are contributing to that. If we get to 500 by December 31st of this year, there will be a special treat uh, ahead of you. I don't know what it is now. I feel like I've built it up too much and I don't know what I can do, but we'll figure it out. We are currently at 287. So we've gotten 10 more ratings in the past couple weeks. And that means a lot, you guys. Thank you. Um, So... This review is by Pure Sarah Sue. It says, nothing comforts like this pod. This pod got me through August, the month that NYC psychoanalysts traditionally abandon their patients and go on vacation. It's sharp and super funny and super thoughtful. A fab mixed bag for a long listen. An adult beverage plus please advise equals a clean apartment. Thank you, Malls and Christina and guests. Well, first of all, thank you so much. I I clean my house to podcasts too. I love listening to a podcast I love to listen to right now is Sword and Scale. Um, it's like a great true crime uh, podcast. It's very real, well researched. And um, I know there's a lot of people out there that might have differing opinions about it, but I really, really love that uh, one lately to just clean the house too. Um, I also really like this podcast called Manic Rambling Spiral, who if any of you read Deuce over the years, I have grown to love this podcast about single parenting, a subject that really only affected me and that I was raised by a single parent. But I like to listen to people, different people, how they make their lives work. And uh, those are two great podcasts that I love. I'm recommending podcasts to you because it would mean the world if you would recommend me to someone. Uh, So, guys, thank you so much for your reviews. Thank you, Sarah, for that review. That was wonderful. That's an example of the type of uh, comment you can leave. And, um, Ronnie, do you you have, like, any idea, like, what the something special I could do is? Like, I feel, like, very... Well, I'm always trying to think of special things you can do without postage involved. Right. And I can't send 500 people something Yeah, because that's when it sucks. I want it to be for the nation. So I'm thinking it has to be like some sort of video or some sort of, uh, I don't know what. Maybe we do like a live podcast or like a live pod. Like maybe we can go back to the improv and see if they can give us a room or I can see we can do something. I mean, that's just for LA people. But- we can air it. Those Google Hangouts are really fun. Yeah, yeah. I do those Google Hangouts. All actually, those I would love so to fun. see the nation in uh, in a hangout because I do that for emotionally broken psychos for our Patreon, patreon.com slash EV psychos. Um, but if you guys want to do that, maybe we could do a live Google Hangout at the end of the year, and it can you know I will I'll throw a party. I'll have like I'll have like fifteen people over, and we oh, will hell yeah I'll come take to that. turns. We'll I'll take turns. Time. Gang banging that, uh, gang banging that that Google Hangout, and I think that would be actually fun. Like you know, just have a rotation of guests, like drinking and having fun. I mean, we'll talk about it. That's possibly the surprise, and I'll do whatever I can to get uh some uh some some a listers on the pod scene over here. Um, okay, uh, one more call, right? We have one more call, and then we're wrapping up. Yep. All right. Hey, Malls, Christina, and guests. My name's Lizzie. I'm 25, and I live in San Diego. And I was just wondering, um, Christina, I don't know if you watch the show and guests. I mean, yeah, I have no idea if you watch it. But Malls, I know you're a big Pretty Little Liars fan. So I was wondering what you thought of the series finale. Um, I personally loved it. I was a big um, 
I guess, spoiler alert, everybody, I was a big Twin Surf Theory um, fan, so I'm really glad they went that way. And I don't know, I was just wondering, like, what you thought of it, if you have any suggestions for new shows. I'm not really that into Riverdale. Like, I see what they're trying to do, and I'm not, I mean, like, eh, I don't know. Um, But, yeah, so love your opinion. Please advise on hot shit to do with Pretty Little Liars. Thanks. Bye. Okay, actually, I am with you on this. I thought the finale was fucking lit. Uh, I loved it. And, like, here's the, the reality is that... I saw it. I watched it. You watched you it? I need to, yeah, because I was like, I need to put a button on this, even though I haven't watched it in two years. So yeah, Christina watched it. watched it, too. Like, she watched the series for a while, and then she gave up right before the, the last A reveal, which was that Cece was um, Charles, which who was, like... So... That was like a really like gnarly thing where a lot of fans gave up after that because one, it depicted a trans character as violent uh, and evil maniacal. And that's like oftentimes the way that trans people have been uh, depicted. And even when it's trying to be sensitive and say like, I committed these crimes because you didn't accept me as trans. Like that's still not necessarily the light that trans people should be depicted as. Not all people go from being misunderstood too violent. Um, and I actually just saw a Law & Order SVU episode the other day that reminded me of the finale of Pretty Little Liars. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is a consistent problem in pop culture. Like, when the trans person is misunderstood, they turn to violence. Oh my um, God, I read some article about it that was saying, here's a list of, I think this one was lesbians though, but it was like a list of all the lesbian characters from TV shows and how many just get killed. Yeah, well, we (laughs) talked about that before too. What did you call, there was like a term for it. Like, it was like kill the, bury the, something, it was on Gabby Dunn's episode we spoke about it. Oh my God. But yeah, like all the lesbian characters always die. Especially when they're like just solidified this like long burning romance that's been happening. Oh and then, yeah, like, next like episode, you finally find something right. good. And so killed. look, the the my have a theory and I've discussed this before, which is that whenever you care about any time a show has a mass uh, collective energy around it of people who care, who have ships, who have investments in it's a lot of hours of your life. It's potential plot lines or whatever. It's very, very difficult to please anyone, let alone everyone. You can't. I don't. I can't think of a single finale in the history of television that everyone has walked away and been like, "Yes, that was the perfect way to end." Well, there the was show. Lost, and then that was like notoriously the worst. terrible. Yeah, and like pe- that was a great show too. And that is a show that people still hate that show. Oh, yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah. And then there was um, one that I watched. Generally, like how like the Mary Tyler Moore show ended. Like, that's always known for like a really good finale. Um, New Heart. New Heart. I can always think of like really old ones. Friends, Um, I think, ended well. Yeah. That's really old, too. But it also, Friends had petered out. Like, it had really like. The Sopranos. Yeah, well, no, people that hated pretty, that. Yeah, that was well, pretty Well, people were confused about the black, but, yeah. like, overall, I, but that, I don't know, I'm still really intrigued by that. because Yeah, that like well, you liked, see, that's yeah. the thing, you liked it, and there's well, no, I mean, always going to be fans. Like, there's leftovers, that did you guys watch that? that? Like, they they want like a nice bow or the people who like the kind of ambiguous ending. Well, especially when right. it's a mystery, like that's how I get. Like leftovers wasn't watched by that many people, but it was so good, and it's this whole. Is it over? Mystery of what's going on. And they told you at the beginning, they're not, we're not telling you. You're never going to know. 
So you kind of knew in that. Because it was co-created it by the guy who did the lost yes. ending. But yeah. this time, he, so he's like, but I've this time a he said, yeah, this time he said, I'm not telling you what's going to happen or whatever. But he actually did tie it up in a way, but he didn't show you. Like someone, one of the characters has a monologue about what she went through. And I'm of the camp that I believed her. I was like, that's what I guessed. Yeah. But other people are like, no, she was lying. And yeah. we didn't see it, so it didn't. Ha- so they left it ambiguous while giving you answers. But Pretty Little Liars, I watched the first two seasons and was in love with that show. But then I was like, this is like a matlock that never ends because every bitch is A. I mean, even one of their moms in the first season was A. You know, like, I was like, or Wait. She, was, she was teed up as A. And like, that's the thing that they did a really good job of is that you never knew if you could trust the girls, you never knew if you could trust their parents. You never, and I've never seen a show that so blatantly villainized parents. Um, yeah. Like on a, in a Disney movie, they're just dead. Um, I've seen plenty of shows that have like shown improper depictions or like easy depictions of parents, but this was a show where you literally were like, "Is Arya's dad so evil that he would kill his daughter?" I mean, like the guy had a, yeah, like, and it's also like he had an affair, so maybe he would kill his kid, which is like kind of a leap, um, <laughs> but. I uh, really loved the ending of this show, which I I mean, I think that for those of you who don't know, and this is a spoiler alert, and also you should, I mean, this show ran for six years and it was everywhere what happened. So I'm sorry if you don't, if you're going to be precious about it now. And we also waited enough to answer. Yeah. Um, But um, so, but so basically what happened was that Spencer Hastings, who was one of the four original girls, had a twin. And we found out that. Spencer and Allison or Spencer and uh, Charles were half siblings Um, and they were they were Allison's mother's twins. They were yeah Allison's mother's twin sisters babies Um, and she was in a mental hospital Radley which was featured heavily throughout the show when she gave birth to the kids and the kids were separated. And the girl baby, Alex, wound up going to London. And that is Spencer's biological twin. So, um, <laughs> I know. Well, I'm a soap opera fan, so I get it. But wow. Yeah. So, a lot of people, I mean, I don't think any other actor on the show could have pulled off um, the performance that Troyan gave. I think that she gave a really phenomenal performance. A lot of people uh, roasted her accent, but... To me, it was like very. I'm like not all. First of all, not all British accents sound even remotely similar. Mm-hmm. Secondly, like that is a very like that's a Cockney accent for sure. And like she is also a trained actress. I think she's someone who probably continued to work on her craft throughout the show. Like she, I, I see her as someone who girl met she went with to the, the Samuel coach. French bookstore and got her an accent tape. Yeah, she's probably doing it so exact that it sounds fake. That I that to me that's what it was, and that she I guess she said one person she studied a lot was Sid Vicious, who has a very severe Cockney accent yeah. as well, and she did do a good job of kind of even like shaping the way her mouth looked when she spoke, so that the words kind of that's what an accent is. It's all in the place in your mouth where it lands. Mm-hmm. So I, that was very impressive to me, and I thought that she did. Uh, I thought she did a pretty great job, and I thought that it was very. Um, it brought the girls together. You know, we got a nice 
resolution. I think all the ships were tied up nicely. Everyone wound up with the exact person you wanted them to wind up with. And we even got weird payoffs that like people thought would never happen. Like the Emerson, like uh, Emily and Allison being together and having babies because Emily's eggs were planted inside a valley. Yep. Damn, uh, yeah, girl. yeah. Emily like was selling her eggs to make some fast cash because she dropped out of college and like she had her eggs stolen from the the bank and they were um they were mixed with Ren's sperm. Uh, <laughs> I yeah that their their pairing confused me because I always thought Allie was kind of a dick to. Emily and like the two actresses don't have that much chemistry with well, each other. Well, there had been like, vi- well, first of all, Emily bangs everyone in Rosewood, so there's that. Like, I'm <laughs> like, like literally, the concept of turning exists in Rosewood the way that it doesn't anywhere else in the world. Where it's like, literally, some wife is just like all of a sudden she's like, yeah, I'm bisexual and in an open marriage, and like all of a sudden it's like the husband shows up to the coffee shop. He's like, no, we're not. Like what? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I've been banging your wife. Guys, like it's, all it takes is one. Okay. Th- yeah. So all it she, takes is one of us. That's right. She's yeah, been so baby. she's been turned. Uh, but like the thing with Allie was that Allie and Emily had had the reason why Allie was kind of gay bashy to Emily was because. Allie had feelings for Emily. And so she was always quick to turn on her and make a comment about Emily's gayness. Like in the opening episode, what? I was like, I had that realization fairly recently when I looked up an old high school bully, bully and saw that she was with her, her wife now. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's what that was. Well, yeah. yeah. Why do you think there's so many like crazy uh, conservative politicians who are like, "Damn with the gays," and then they got they get caught giving blowjobs under bathroom with stalls, their wide you know? stance. Yes, so yeah. like the haters are the ones who crave penis the most. Yeah. What happened to Hannah on that show? So Hannah, um, she was my favorite. Is with Caleb. ever since she got blackmailed into eating those piggy cupcakes, cupcakes in yeah. front of the popular girls, and she had to eat all of them while she cried. I know. I will never forget that scene. I still have the gif on my desk top ready to send whenever I need to. It's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> and even when the finale happened, I went on Reddit just to read what people were saying and they were having a fucking cow about this ending. Everybody was like, how dare they? But one of the biggest things that they were mad about was that the showrunner had gone online and had been reading all the comments. So they were saying she's just stealing theories. That's what people were saying from yeah. the internet. Is that she and had being been lazy? Stealing. And I was like, yeah, but that's also like making your fans happy. It seems like, but they you made can't it sound win like with fan with like that kind of fervent fan base, right? And like and like by the way, like Hannah, at the okay. end of Should've every season. The fans would put something. I I would have loved it if it was Hannah, and I would have loved it if it was Aria too. I have to say, yeah. I mean, wasn't Aria the one banging her teacher? Yeah, and she they, ended up with they her got fucking married. teacher. They got married. I mean, uh, yeah. And like, by the way, like the Stad Shory rape thing was only really mildly touched upon throughout the series. Yeah, like, like it was just hell? like what? Um, <laughs> I mean, like she was fifteen and he was like twenty six. Like. That's gross. Like that's real, real gross. Like yeah, that's, that's her teacher. Like he cannot do that. Okay? Teacher aside, like when I was fifteen, a twenty-six-year-old man was so old to me. Like oh my God, when I was thirty-five, a thirty-six-year-old man was so old. Right. I'm forty-two, a forty-three-year-old man. I'm like you old. You're always going to be older than me. You know, <laughs> it's always kind of you always have that thought. Yeah. So yeah, 
Yeah, you expect the older one to always like have the moral compass and to know better because they're technically older on paper. But like, but at least they got married. So it's all okay now. But they got married. Um, they're the type of couple that are like, we were destined to be together. No, they like, are. They're exactly that couple. I hate those. Like, nobody is destined to be with anyone. Please Don't stop. tell me that. That's what I'm waiting for. Maybe that's why I still stop. haven't found it. Stop. I'm Everyone, literally PSA, waiting stop for. Stop saying that you're destined to be with someone. Oh. The stars align. Yeah, I'm, I was raised in the 80s. I believe in that. Molly Ringwald has ruined my fucking life. Okay, that's yeah. your point. That's your point. I think people stay in a lot of bad relationships because they think they were destined to be together is my ultimate. I think people That's just what I yeah, fix. codependent freaks. I'm like, yeah, your parents have been married for 35 years. Congratulations. Like, do they know anything? Like, do they have any friends? Like, are do they have they Which explored... one of them is being emotionally abused? Yeah, because there's one of them, I can the tell arts? you that. Like, do they when was the last CD they bought? What was the last record your parents listened to? Your parents are they been married for 35 years and do they listen to new music? That's another question I have. Is like because I can tell you you if your parents have been together 35 years they're still listening to Motown like and that's just it and that's just it like it's there's no like it's almost like a time stand still thing like when they when when these when people meet at 18 and they never leave each other time stands still in their life the movies they still watch are from their when they're 18 like mm-hmm. it's almost like anyway sorry sorry to disillusion <laughs> you about your parents marriage but it's fake it's a lie they're a lie um but anyway, um, you guys, I uh, really enjoyed the show. I have to say, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a very bittersweet thing. I still haven't listened to the final Bros Watch PLL 2 recap because that's something I've been holding on to because I love that podcast, uh, certainly towards the end, almost as much as I love the show. I looked forward to it every week. Um, in terms of a replacement, I haven't found one yet, and I doubt that I will anytime soon. Like, PLL I need a was. New show. Kilo was a departure for me. Right now. Did you watch like the OA? I did. I loved it. You did? Yeah, I loved it. Um, loved I wonder it. how that Dynasty reboot is going to be. I'm not sure. The Dallas reboot, not so much. I watched two seasons of that. I you think. did? What, yeah. Did it get good? No, well, it was, but it was, it was just kind of like, good. It is what it was. You know what I mean? I was like, all right. Yeah, I'm wondering if, I think it just has to be something new. Completely new. But I don't know about Dynasty. I was never really into that one. I like really dark, serialized type soap operas. Like, the OA is perfect for me. I hope that gets another season. I'm sure it will. That was a huge My show. kind of show. I love that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I really... The scripted shows I'm looking forward to coming back. The main one has been unreal. Like I feel Love like I've been waiting show. for that to come back for a long time. I think that's a great show that that is ultimately about women working together, which for me was I think the thing that fans responded to the most about Pretty Little Liars. And that was the most treasured thing about the series was that these women for all of the tests and trials that they were put through, they never really turned on each other and they never really, it never became too much about guys. Even when there was like crossover in the relationships in later seasons, like there was uh Caleb and Spencer wind up hooking up for a portion of the season. Um, and to answer your question from earlier, Hannah and Caleb got married and uh, so that they wouldn't be able to testify against each other in court. And oh, uh, Hannah, like uh, ends the series by telling, announcing the group that she's like, she's just found out she's like eight weeks pregnant. Aww. So, um, yeah. So Did that they give her cupcakes. They from no. 
<laughs> Damn, that's what they get from not having me work on that show. I loved I loved Hannah so much, but watching <laughs> Ashley Benson's Instagram, bun, or not her Instagram, her Snapchat, like, kind of made me, like, not... I was like, is she a mean girl? Like, is she, like, a I mean- won't even watch late-night shows anymore because actors are such... In, they're impossible. Cut fitnesses. Like, they're horrible people, and I hate even Cut watching fitnesses? them on TV. What's yeah, Tamara from Real Housewives of Orange County has a gym called Cut Fitness, and mm-hmm. I used to say the C word a lot. And oh. people were like, uh, that's hateful and hurtful. Please oh, stop. Oh, so you say Cut Fitness. So we no. substituted it with Cut Fitness because there's no bigger Cut Fitness than Tamara on that show. <laughs> like, no bigger. That is really, really funny. Uh, I wish you watched Game of Thrones. That's the best soap opera on it is, TV. It is the best soap opera. I'm also, so excited it's the for best girl season. power show on TV. Yeah. It well, is now so, it is. Now yeah. It, 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 it's gotten significantly less rapey this last couple it's still seasons. it's still like violent and awful and yeah. rapey but the the women are like yeah i win i just like don't i like that like once a dragon is in the mix you've lost that's me. that's how i felt and i was like before i started watching it and i was like you know what i'm just gonna try to stick through it i'm gonna try three episodes and then like a weekend went by and i was like Two and a half seasons in. Yeah, I had to wait till like a depressive episode where I wasn't leaving the house. That's when I watch most shows that I think I'm going to hate. And I hated it. I was like, I don't get what's going on. Everybody's dirty. They didn't brush their teeth back then. Like, did anyone trim their nut hair? No. Does anybody have good breath? No. The dental works. Like, I was just disgusted. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because even the hottest guy, like Jon Snow, I'm like, he doesn't have toothbrush. Like, he doesn't even have Tom's. Like that guy had nothing back then. He didn't even it's have just a natural gross. toothbrush. Exactly. Yeah. He didn't have natural deodorant. But then I got into it because it really does get twisty and turny and soap opera. Soap opera. It's more soap opera than anything. Because yeah. I was like, I couldn't even watch Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Because no. like, there was like no, a fucking even, talking if tree. If that's even comparable, they don't no, know. No, it's not. Okay. But I'm just well, saying, that's why like I wouldn't that, watch it. Because it's yeah. that kind of, I thought it was that kind of thing where they're like, we're dirty people walking from this place to this place. And then we're going to walk from this place to that place. But and then we're going to walk. I'm like, why are you walking not so incest. much? There's not even a there place for you to wipe your butt. Yeah, there's incest, but it's like normal. Oh no, I mean, but that's I, a hook for Molly. No, I yeah. like I, I love an incest. <laughs> there's an incest. I love an incest. There's a twin incest. When there's oh the, yeah, really? Oh yeah, there's a twin incest. There's a twin incest on uh kind of on uh Pretty Little Liars. Actually, a lot of people talked about how Spencer's twin raped Toby. That was a big thing because Spen- Toby thought he was having sex with Spencer and he was having sex with Spencer's twin. And a lot of people are like, are we going to talk about the fact that Toby didn't consent to like sleep? And I'm like, I think that like, let's just. Yeah, once we put the fucking teacher in jail. Once we. Let's prioritize. Yeah, like once we put the teacher in jail, once we like literally go back and maybe undo some of this trans storyline where like this trans (laughs) person had been terrorizing these girls for four years because he was jealous of them. Maybe once or she was jealous of them. Maybe once we put that, but once we put some of that away, then we can focus on the fact that Toby didn't have consent with his idea identical twin of his girlfriend like where like he she had been working on creating herself to be Spencer's years that's the other thing too is I love that like Alex her twin before she was killed was the greatest actress of all time like the way that she would switch back into Troyan was like creepy like it was just I think Troyan is fantastic and I can't wait to see her in some movies and in stuff like that and I'm looking forward to uh the new Oliver Goldstick Lucy Hale joint, uh, which is, I think is about a girl who was supposed to die of cancer and then she doesn't die of cancer and now has to 
Oh Lord! But, then what do you do? Give the Kickstarter money back or whatever? Like what do you? That's <laughs> <laughs> a series about her paying the Kickstarter money back. <laughs> the GoFundMe. I'm just the GoFundMe kidding. for her funeral. <laughs> they have to undo the GoFundMe. Oh my God, Jesus guys! Let's Christ. let's write a script and get it. Yeah, exactly. Let's. Can you guys kickstart our script about giving all the Kickstarter money back because you didn't die? Um, oh. Okay. Well, Ronnie, thank you so much. Do you have your free advice? Oh, wait. Before that, you guys listen to Watch What Crappens. Listen to Rose Pricks, your podcast. Are you still doing Rose Pricks? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bachelor in Paradise, baby. Do you have your Big Brother pod still? No. One of them had to go because Crappens went to five days a week this, oh my this God. year. And Rose Pricks, that Bachelor show, that's two hours. And Bachelor in Paradise is four hours a week. No, that is a much. lot of slitaciousness it's going too, on in my it's life. It's too much. It's like The Bachelor in Paradise is just I I couldn't do The Bachelor this season either and like I felt bad because I'm like well why do you have to abandon them the first time they have a black bachelorette and I just was like well first of all they do a trash job casting which is why they had to go back 12 years to find a, a bachelor. For real. Like Ari is 35. Like he was on Emily Maynard's season of The Bachelorette and like that's who they picked to be The Bachelor. Like they're they have they have been Casting less and less quality guys in the last previous years, and it's just really hard to watch a bunch of dumb fucking. Yeah, guys. Nick just looked bored, and Nick I met somebody terrible. who worked on the show, and she was. I said, "How is she? How is he?" And she's like, "He's terrible." She said that guy would sit there for his interviews and like, just what? go, "What the fuck do you want me to say? Just tell me what you want me to say so I can say it. Get the fuck out of here!" Like he was just a nightmare. Um, but those, yeah, watch what crappens and roast pricks are those. Okay, advice. Okay, relationships. Okay. Stop trying to make people like you that do not like you, okay? (laughs) People have a right to not like you. You do not have a right to just say, I'm in love with that person, and then they say, I'm not in love with you back, and then you say, oh, well, they hurt my feelings because they didn't treat me this way. That is called stalking. When somebody says they do not want to be with you and you keep trying to trick them in different little manipulative, well, then we can be fuck buddies, but why didn't you text me? And why didn't you text me this? And I got home and you didn't text me. That is called putting rules upon somebody. And you do not have the right to enforce that on somebody else. Have some goddamn self-respect and wait until you like someone. First of all, you don't even like this person. You just want someone to be nice to you and send you texts. There's that. Yeah. Do you know what it feels like when you're on that side? I've been on both sides, by the way. I'm yelling at, like, little girl Ronnie here, too. Yeah. But I've been on both sides of that. When somebody just wants to be loved so bad, and they know you're probably not the one, but they're going to try and force you to be the one just so they don't have to be alone, then you feel like some fucking loser who's being used and going through the motions to not have somebody throw a brick through your windshield. No one who, you, you, you you can't beg someone to love you. Yeah, and I get, I get it. Like, everyone's not perfect. And maybe you meet somebody who's not perfect, but you learn to deal with each other. That's part of a relationship. But if somebody says, I do not want a relationship, you do not trick them into becoming a relationship partner. Do you understand? Yeah, that what is, about the You elegance? are not the victim. You are the stalker. Yes. There's something that, what a, the elegance of learning to take no for a fucking answer like that is something that's more attractive to a guy than no, but I really am the one. But I really am the one. Like if they say no, hold your fucking head up and turn around and and go be you know. And like I, I this is of course 
advice we give that we can't always take ourselves. You have these exactly. That's why it makes me so mad. Yeah, I've been there. But then seeing it in someone else, I'm like, that's not fair to him either, and it's not fair to you because you're not even waiting. It's like you don't even have the hope that there is someone worth it out there. And now that I get, like, I can get that, but. You're just victimizing yourself and somebody else. You don't get to tell somebody else how they react to you. If you don't like their reaction, then walk away. They have a right to fucking say whatever they want or believe whatever they want. And so do you. We all have it. Walk away. Yeah, that's the truth. Clear the crazy. Because then otherwise, you crazy, bitch. You crazy. Yeah. Then I had to tell my friend, you are the victimizer now. You are crazy. You're holding someone hostage. Yeah, just with like little ways to trick. To prove that she's loved. I'm like, he told you he wasn't going to love you. But then why would he keep sleeping with me? I'm like, because you told him you would be fuck buddies. Because that vagina But then was why there. did he keep being nice to me? I said, because he was using you at this point. Yeah. Because he knew he could trick you. You're uh, Jody Arias now. Yeah, stop blaming somebody <laughs> else. Jody like, Arias I told bending her. over in the juice aisle looking for a, a maid job. Yeah, and it's not to say you're pathetic. It's to say you're better than this, okay? Okay. You are better than this, Joey, okay. Jody Arias. I mean, okay. that bitch ain't, because look what happened to her. Okay. She stabbed somebody who could have self-helped a bunch of people in a Marriott rental ballroom. Okay. 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 All right, you guys. Ba-boom. Ba-boom. Is that you dropping the mic? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you guys, I love you so much. Thank you for being here. Wags, oh, you like that mic drop. Wags is like, oh, he might get up and then not pet me. Oh, yeah, I'm still here. Oh, you guys, also, if you want to check it out, speaking of uh, Wags Barking right now, we're running a campaign on Mother May I Sleep With Podcast for BarkBox. If you want to check out BarkBox.com slash malls, we're giving away a discount for that. And also, make sure you listen to Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. We're winding up for the season. If you are a Ronnie Karam fan, he has done three episodes of the show, and they are some of the best. Christina has done an amazing episode. We're going to record a new one tomorrow. The girl yeah, he met online. Talk back over here at Ronnie Karam on Twitter. I love to hear from talk people. Talk back. Like, Please advise. Talk back, God. All right. Subscribe. It's subscribe. Bye. Five stars. See you soon. Next time. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye